Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 405 featuring Aoi Yamaguchi, who is a master calligrapher who I had the pleasure of hanging out with over at THU uh, back in uh, back in September, actually. So this is a kind of an older podcast, but I've been saving these up and keeping them going because I recorded so many of them at THU. Uh, she is absolutely wonderful. The art of calligraphy is an art form that is massively under, <laughs> people really don't know much about it. So it was great to have her on and to explain a little bit about it, its history, its art form, its technique, the tools used for it, and some of the amazing stuff that she she has done and how she, her, her past has, has sort of, you know, grown from, from all of the amazing things she does. I just thought it was absolutely wonderful. And you guys should totally watch the video of this uh, because we recorded it right near the beach in Portugal, which was which was really really great. Anyway, Kristen, what did you think of Aoi? Yeah, well, like like you said, we get a really good in depth history of calligraphy and just how it's used with a brush and ink, which I didn't know traditionally that's how it was done. Um, mm-hmm. And then she just talks about how it's almost like a part of meditation, discipline, education, um, and also that the Buddhist monks, they use it to practice um, in their daily training and rituals. So that was really cool to hear. And she also discusses just a little different levels of calligraphy. Um, and you kind of said it's like karate. You move up. Um, you submit your work. You get judged yeah. on it. Um, and she did it. She practiced from 6 to 18 years old. And now, you know, it's her lifestyle. Um, it's what she does. Um, and she explains how it's almost like an endless process, um, just the challenge of trying to get out of your head um, and how it's like it flows like a river. So I don't know. It, well, and I watched several of her performances and they were just they're so intense to watch and the way it's just such a cool art form. Um, but yeah, and just other things. She talks about the different hairs that's used in a brush and how like it's innovating calligraphy more with technology and in her performances. So a lot of stuff in this podcast and very interesting. Yeah, she's fascinating. And it's really kind of interesting to to sort of see how she blends some very, very strong, you know, thousands of years of tradition with uh, innovation and technology at the same time. And, and, and it's just kind of a fascinating thing. And I, I learned so much about it, you know, and like you said, uh, my kids were, you know, did a lot of karate, Japanese karate specifically, and, and sort of seeing her discuss that, that form of perfecting that stroke or, 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 or even just grinding the ink, you know, making the ink itself and oh, all of that stuff yeah. was just so fascinating. And it really did remind me of, you know, having to pass your belt test and doing the right kata for, 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 for in, in karate and the way she discusses those strokes and the, the intensity of how you do them and just really fascinating. Um, so I absolutely love this. I learned so much from her. Uh, and I definitely want to keep in touch with all the amazing stuff she does. So definitely go, by the way, you should go check out uh, the show notes on this and follow her on Instagram because it is, uh, there's, you can just see some of the crazy, amazing stuff that she does. Mm-hmm. So really great. And it was a real pleasure to hang out with her. Okay. So it is the end of the year. So we don't actually have that much new stuff happening towards the end of the year. Most of it will be happening obviously, uh, towards, uh, uh, in the beginning of 2023, uh, so we don't have any new products that we're announcing right now. And, you know, a lot of our, our events are sort of on hold until next year. So we're not going to announce anything. But if people want to know more about the podcast and, and continue to follow us there, Kristen, where can they go? You can go to facebook.com slash podcast or chaos.com slash garage. And if you like to watch us, go to youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. Perfect. And I do highly recommend you guys go to our YouTube and check out, uh, you know, you can see the video of this podcast. If you're just linking to audio form, the video is actually pretty cool as well. Uh, but go check that out. Uh, and of course, if you have any ideas or comments or anything about this podcast or want to know more from other things or any subjects you want us to cover or ideas of guests, we'd love to know. Just go to labs at chaos.com. Uh, and that's it is our email. Again, that is labs at chaos.com. But for now, Please enjoy episode number 405 with Aoi Yamaguchi. Welcome to another CG Garage, where the chaos group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. 
And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. I need a bit of a history. Yeah. We'll, let's, what should we start? Should we start with your history or the history of calligraphy? Oh, <laughs> interesting question. Mm -hmm. History of... Um... History of calligraphy, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, what, how, how, I mean, my, my wife did some calligraphy, but she did, you know, traditional pencil, uh, uh, like pen, Western? Western calligraphy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so which which is beautiful and yeah. it's a great, wonderful art. And I've yeah. always been fascinated. I have terrible handwriting and I'm mm -hmm. dyslexic, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so calligraphy was not for me. Yeah. But I love, I appreciate it. So tell me a little bit about the history of calligraphy in Japan. Yeah, yeah. So um, the Japanese calligraphy. The history of it. So Japanese writing system we use kanji and hiragana and katakana, mm -hmm. and the writing is, uh, system itself originally came from China. Uh -huh. Yeah, about like 1700 years ago. Uh, you know, Chinese. Um, the history of Chinese calligraphy uh, itself is only more than 4,000 year, years in you know in its history, and in right. Japan is only like compared to that only 1700, so a little bit more than that. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, mainly we use kanji, but not all the Japanese kanjis are uh, the same as Chinese characters. We have our own way of reading them. Okay. So we have the Chinese reading and Japanese reading uh, uh -huh. for each characters. Right. Uh, and uh, different meaning as well. So when it's used in the sentences, uh, you know, it could mean different things, you know, when in Chinese or Japanese. Okay. Um, yeah. And then uh, there is uh, hiragana, which is the... Uh, um, Japanese alphabet basically it's like ai u e o kaki ku ke ko mm -hmm. uh, it's phonetic and it only shows the sounds um, and uh, so mixture of kanji and hiragana are you know both used in uh, to compose a sentence in Japanese okay. uh, language and there is katakana uh, which is also um, Japanese alphabet like abc it, it's phonetic it's ai u e o kaki ku ke ko but it takes a different form uh, hiragana and katakana. Mm -hmm. uh, the hiragana and katakana are basically a simplified form of kanji. Ah. So when you look at you know the form, and then if you uh, just trace back you know the history of it, uh, it's originally a kanji, and then it was simplified, simplified over time to you know become the hiragana. And it has been said that hiragana has been uh, it's a female hand because it was uh, mainly. Uh, developed by women uh, back in uh, uh, you know time in Japan mm -hmm. uh, because education not, was not available for uh, women mm -hmm. uh, only you know available for noble family or you know people work in like a government or uh, officials and things like that so women uh, also started to um, find their own ways of you know expressing themselves uh, mm -hmm. you know writing haiku and you know a tanka and then sharing that with others and that was like one of the things that uh, people enjoyed uh, doing that back in the day right so yeah so yeah so we have hiragana and katakana and kanji those are the three uh, characters we use right yeah in writing um yeah and then so calligraphy is uh basically you use um a brush to write yeah. yeah so not pen right yeah a brush and sumi ink and uh, a paper the calligraphy paper uh so uh, it's called four treasures so the okay. paper and ink and then brush and then the ink well uh so we use these uh tools to uh write letters wow um so and then um I guess Japanese calligraphy has not only uh, the aspect for writing letters in a beautiful form, but it is also part of meditation. It's part of the uh, discipline, uh, education, uh, and that is why the monks in uh, you know uh, Buddhism, uh, Buddhist monks, mm -hmm. uh, also uh, practices Japanese calligraphy as part of their uh, daily uh, training right. and their rituals and things like that. So. Um, yeah, so a lot of people who uh, are interested in Japanese, you know, the practice of calligraphy itself are also interested in the meditative aspect of it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so that, that history of meditation and calligraphy, mm -hmm. uh, how far back does that go? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think people just always find, find it as meditative uh, when you do uh, calligraphy, because you um, wrap the sumi ink mm -hmm. um, in the inkwell, mm -hmm. that's how you make the sumi ink. 
and then just the process of rubbing the sumi ink, you know, mix it with water, and then just rubbing it for a very long time. It's, uh, you know, it calms your mind and body before you actually start writing. Uh -huh. uh, and then, the, you know, the fragrance of sumi ink like, start to fill your room, and, you know, that's also meditative. And um, also uh, to write this uh, character, you know, on the piece of paper, you have to have everything all, you know, together inside right. of you. Yeah, so you have to align yourself. You have to be really present. You have to uh, know what to write. And uh, each character, both kanji, hiragana, katakana, we have the order for strokes. You can start from like, you know, stroke three. Mm -hmm. uh, unlike, you know, maybe uh, English alphabets, people like, you know, in... Sure. Yeah, whatever the order they will like to do. But right. yeah, we have the solid, uh, you know, stroke one, stroke two, stroke three, these orders. So you have to memorize everything. So you know the, the entire flow from the beginning to the end. Right. So you are uh, re rehearsing the whole thing uh, inside of your head, you know, even like, you know, you can practice it in the air. And so this whole process could be like a really, really meditative. Right. Uh, and um, it really takes you into a place where like you have to kind of quiet and then isolate yourself from the busy daily life. Yeah. 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 yeah it's amazing. I think it was really interesting the fact that there's so many parts to it that happen mm -hmm. and that there's uh you know you're thinking about the meditative process you go through that whole ritual but you're actually in your thought yeah thinking about one character and mm -hmm. one, or one expression and then you think about all the things that means around it yeah and then that then that the then you have a physical proof of that yeah <laughs> the yeah. manifestation of it yes That's, yes yeah so it's quite 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 amazing so i i'm fine to say how many characters are there in, in, in kanji in kanji, yeah. So now, Joyo kanji, that's the list of official uh, uh, kanji characters uh -huh. in daily use in Japan. And then that's 2,136. 2, uh, yeah, two, I think so. Okay. Yeah, 2,136 characters. Right. Yeah, right now for kanji. Right. Yeah. And then there are uh, 47 in uh, hiragana mm -hmm. and katakana. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. So there's lots of characters. There's a lot of study. characters. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Well, very interesting. Okay. So so now let's talk about your history. So how yeah. did how did what you know where where was art? I mean, because you know I heard you know about your 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 fascination with piano, and then you did mm -hmm. the, 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 the calligraphy. So as a child, as a yeah. young child, what what got you interested in art and creation and meditation and music and all of that? Yeah. So uh, the calligraphy itself, I uh, my mother. Uh, she used to study and practice calligraphy too. Okay. And uh, so when I was six years old, just entering, you know, uh, elementary school, mm -hmm. she took me to um, this calligraphy school in this small town I used to live. Mm -hmm. And uh, the master, uh, his name is Zuho Sato. And Kaho Sato, they're an old couple mm -hmm. uh, who runs this uh, calligraphy school. So she took me to this uh, uh, place. And I didn't know anything about Japanese calligraphy at all. But right. I, you know, just growing up, I always loved, uh, you know, using pens and markers and watercolors. And I was always writing, always drawing. Right. So I think I just got naturally uh, drawn to it. And um, I was always fascinated um, about my master's calligraphy like he, his letters are so so beautiful right and i wanted to be like close to him right like so uh, we do um the for the practice we do rinsho which is to have your master's work next to you and then you try to uh copy mm -hmm. the master's work and then you just practice over and over and over again like many sheets of paper mm -hmm. you know and then over and over and over again to uh to master and we have this whole um like a ranking system in uh, Japanese calligraphy schools. Okay. So starting from the Q uh, to down, so there are like seven different levels of oh. Q. And then uh, above that, there's seven different uh, down uh, levels. Then then there's another like uh, um, ex uh, superior student and an ex like more excellent student it's level. Similar to karate. Yeah, similar to, yeah, very similar to karate. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of like, you know, trying to aim to get the black belt in yeah. a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So every month you turn in your work to the calligraphy association, and then there's a lot of uh, uh, master calligraphers and juries who will evaluate your work. Right. And then if you pass that, you know, that uh, the work for the month, then you get one rank up. Uh -huh. So I kept doing that uh, for, uh, well, from 
six years old until I think when I was nine, uh, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I kept uh, doing that whole thing. Um, and when I was 14, I received this amazing uh, award, uh, the highest award from uh, the Ministry of Education uh -huh. from this exhibition. And uh, I was um, uh, invited to go to China to participate uh -huh. in the, um, in, uh, how do you call it? Like, there was a, a group of Japanese calligraphy students led by the chairman of the Japanese Calligraphy Association based in Hokkaido, where I'm from. Right. Uh, he will lead the whole group to go to China and then uh, we'll be paired with the Chinese students mm -hmm. and then we both write the uh, calligraphy work and exchange. Okay. So uh, we, I think we spent about a week uh, in China visiting different cities. Um, and, uh, you know, I started study English when I was uh, 12 years old, mm -hmm. but I couldn't have a good conversation with the local Chinese students. Right. But just, just looking at how this uh, Chinese student uh, wrote his own calligraphy work, uh, I could just tell and understand so much about um, how, he, how he appreciates calligraphy, how the mannerism, his sophistication, like his personality, like I could tell so much about him that I was paired with. Mm -hmm. And we exchanged, you know, the works um, uh, at the end. But uh, be, after that, like, even though we didn't have a conversation, you know, much, but right. we, after that, we, um, after all that tour, you know, we uh, exchanged letters and then we, uh, yeah, I still uh, maintain uh, some relationship afterwards. Like we were like, we became really good friends. Interesting. Yeah, so that experience really opened my mind. I thought, wow, beyond language barriers, calligraphy, you know, art can be um, connecting people. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought at that time, 14 years old myself, I thought this is something I want to do with my life in some form. Uh, you know, br uh, just being a bridge between Japanese culture and foreign countries. Um, I didn't know how. Uh, calligraphy was just something I was good at, and I never thought that I would be doing that as my career. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of opening the door for me, that right. whole experience. Yeah. And also um, in high school, I had uh, another amazing calligraphy master I studied under. Uh, he was a very opposite type of calligrapher than compared to the uh, Master Ziho Sato. Right. Uh, I studied, you know, from uh, when I was six. Uh, mas uh, master uh, Sato uh, is very um, uh, strict. Okay. And, but then he's also very, uh, um, I mean, his layers are so, uh, so sophisticated and elegant and um, everything is like in a beautiful, beautiful, immaculate balance. Uh, but then this... Um, uh, calligraphy teacher in high school, um, Masazumi uh, Sensei, he, he's a very free-spirited uh, uh, teacher. So he would ask uh, students in uh, high school, you know, class to bring, uh, yeah, bring uh, poetry that you like or some lyrics of the songs you like and then bring that to the class and then write that in the class. Okay. And I was like, Right. I mean, I've been always writing poetry. I love music. There's like you know, definitely so many favorite songs that I would be, you know, picking this one phrase from. Uh -huh. And so I did that to the, uh, you know, in the class. And then he would look at uh, students' work. And, you know, from my eye, I've been doing calligraphy for like so long, you know. Uh, so I'll be able to tell like, oh, that work looks good or that work looks bad, right. you know. Uh, but then he would look at... Uh, one of the students work that looked to me at that time looked kind of maybe in, you know unbalanced yeah um but he would say like wow look at this stroke so bold and powerful and that really looked like you know you right. you know or something like that that he always had like positive comments in any you know expression like any type of stroke interesting and, yeah so i thought that that was like wow Right, because you've been taught such a strict discipline for so yeah, long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought that I'm like, oh, okay, calligraphy can be an expression, like artistic expression, not right. just about writing letters in a beautiful form. Right. So it's beyond that. So that after that experience, I started to write my own poetry that I've been, you know, composing since when I was little. I right. have like so many notebooks or collections of you know uh, pieces I've been writing. So. Right. I started to uh, write that uh, as my work. And so I think around that time, um, 
already like I think uh, that's when I started to uh, write my own calligraphy artwork uh, inspired by the music I like and I would play the song that I like and I would write the lyric of the song you know mm -hmm. in calligraphy and something like that so and I did enjoy doing that. Right. Yeah. And then at, at the uh, high school, we had this exhibition and then we could look at other students' work and it was really inspiring to see what others came up with. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think it was natural for me. I used to dance in high school too. Like I was doing a hip hop dance and jazz <laughs> and a little bit of break dancing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, everything kind of all came together. Like I, um, I wanted to do a live performance uh, just, you know, with the music and everything kind of uh, came into one place. So after high school, I decided to study abroad. I uh -huh. didn't find any university that I wanted to go in Japan. Okay. So I told my parents, I want to go to foreign country to study right and then they encouraged me and they supported me so um yeah i wanted to do like street performance you know <laughs> and things like that just like something that i would never maybe never do if i was just in japan being a you know nice you know mm -hmm. a dedicated student uh so just kind of wanted to uh, go beyond the uh, boundary just you know get out of the box and then do something like crazy just sure yeah pursuing my passion so um yeah that's kind of how i started to um create my own work where did you go uh so yeah i end up in the united states okay. yeah um near san francisco okay. uh, bay area so i spent like 18 years in the san francisco bay area okay. yeah going to college graduating from university and then uh, i um apply for artist visa mm -hmm. uh, as a Japanese calligrapher, mm -hmm. which was a lot of work to yeah. <laughs> a lot of work to get because people have no idea how to you know value uh, Japanese calligrapher right. and um, but uh, yeah I was very fortunate to be supported by uh, amazing uh, you know galleries and also my masters and uh, uh, the association in Japan um, and eventually I got the artist visa okay yeah so I started to uh, do calligraphy as my career then wow yeah okay and so that's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. it's been a long. How was time. it? How was the transition to, to Western culture from 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 Japan? Oh, that was. Uh, um, I I don't know. I mean, I think uh, Japan felt uh, a little bit like I wanted to be free from sure. all the you know boundaries and rules, and I didn't want to be like others. I wanted to be me. Uh, I, I was always fascinated with, you know, international, you know, um, like a multicultural environment. Sure. Yeah. So I was really happy to be in the U.S. where, you know, it's a melting pot, like so many different uh, ethnicity, the culture, like languages. You're all of a sudden surrounded by, you know, people from around the world just migrating into this one big yep. place. Especially San Francisco. <laughs> Especially San Francisco, <laughs> right. for sure. Yeah. yeah, I was also surprised to find a little Japan town in San Francisco too, and finding like different aspects of you know Japan Japanese people moving to San Francisco as right. well. Um, but yeah, I was really inspired by it, and also felt. Uh, just kind of free sure. not to think so much about how other might perceive me uh, or how others might think about what I do but I um, so I could kind of freely explore you know things I wanted to do but also at the same time I realized that um, as, as a Japanese whatever I do will be memorized by people you know as this is a Japanese culture or this is a Japanese uh, norm. Mm -hmm. uh, so in a way, like I'm representing the people of Japan. Mm -hmm. So I felt some responsibility um, about being Japanese. So I, I really like started, I needed to be vocal about, so oh, where are you from? I'm from Japan. Mm -hmm. How's Japan's life? You know, mm -hmm. what's the history of Japan? Uh -huh. So it made me, um, living in the United States made me uh, study more about Japan sure. and Japanese culture and how to be articulate about it, um, which I probably never thought about doing that if I was just living in Japan. You right. Know? You felt yeah. the responsibility. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think it's interesting because calligraphy is something that I think a lot of people in the Western culture just don't understand. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so how did, how does it, how does it feel? Do you feel like you have to educate a lot? Still, I'm sure to this day, you're constantly educating people on the art of, of calligraphy, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think uh, well, Japanese calligraphy is one of the traditional form of art. Um, and so uh, 
um, it has a lot of history to it. Uh, just studying, you know, calligraphy uh, both uh, as an art form, but also like uh, from the cult cultural aspect and historical aspect of it, you can learn so much about the, um, the aesthetics and um, I said the mentality, you know, of Japanese people. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, uh, I really enjoy teaching, uh, you know, workshops and, um, ex you know, exchanges knowledge with people, you know, from around the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's amazing. I, 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 I'm actually fascinated. So let's go, let's go through the performance that you gave yesterday yeah, because yeah. that was a really great experience. And obviously there's some, you know, we have to learn a little bit about your, your history with music and, and piano as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what was the title of the, of the, the performance you gave? You, yeah, it was called, uh, 12, uh, Juni no Kyoku, right. which means, uh, 12 memories uh -huh. and, uh, uh, old to, uh, piano classics. Mm -hmm. So each piece uh, was um, dedicated to and inspired by these, uh, you know, classical piano uh, pieces, uh, you know, like Franz Liszt or Chopin, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Beethoven. Um, uh, and uh, so, yeah, I was uh, trying to kind of go back to uh, my roots, uh, just revisiting my, uh, you know, memories. And uh, as I said earlier, I'm always uh, fascinated and inspired by music. Uh, just growing up um, studying uh, piano from age five. Uh, and actually, in fact, I went to the United States to study uh, the music industry oh, and really? arts and entertainment management. So music was my, uh, like another passion to pursue. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's always, music has been always with me. And whenever I listen to uh, music, I uh, start to like, I don't know, words kind of like fall into my head. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have like visions in different colors, like, you know, come kind of uh, in a photographic or cinematic way. Like I have these uh, uh, things that kind of come up to me inside of my head. So I, I uh, write it down as words or uh, kind of a, a composition. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, yeah, the, the performance I did last night was uh, to kind of integrate everything of the aspect of uh, uh, coming up, composing uh, uh, poetry. But like I chose one character though for uh, each song. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I wrote that character inspired by each song. And then each song, uh, song gave, gave me... Um, like fragments of memories, you know, from back, yeah, from my childhood and, and also like my, you know, youthful days and up to like, you know, me decided to go to a foreign country and, you know, pursuing dream and my passion and then hitting the, the wall and, you know, coming out of the wall and, uh, you know, discovering like where, who I am and where I want to go and things like that. So it's yeah. the whole journey of my life uh into 45 minute performance yeah 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 it was an amazing uh performance i mean um just to give people an idea uh you had a piece of how big a piece of paper about a meter and a half or yeah, yeah 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 about, about a meter and a half square mm -hmm. and there were 12 of them laid out and you had three uh two bowls mm -hmm. of, of ink. Uh, three three uh, vases of three vases yeah. Of ink. yeah yeah and then uh you had several brushes i want to have lots of questions about these brushes oh, yes, 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 yeah <laughs> And so um, you started and you and every piece there'd be a different song that would come up and he would you would see yourself meditating and thinking about that song mm -hmm. and then you would write the character down yeah. that represented that. Yeah. And each of those characters give us an example of one of the characters, like one of the songs of one of the characters and how why does that character important to that? Ah uh, yeah, uh, let's see. So the um the for example the last character i wrote uh was dedicated to and inspired by Liebestrom by franz liszt mm -hmm. and the character i chose for that piece was au to encounter or uh, serendipity mm -hmm. and that song is like definitely one of my favorite favorite piano classics I, i'm a huge fan of franz liszt and then that song always um I don't know, it takes me to a different space. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was thinking about how, um, like how, you know, things happen, um, like meeting other people, you know, um, happenstance, like people uh, meet each other by chance, but also it's meant to be. Right. Like, yeah, so I definitely kind of um, believe in that 
you know, uh, the cycle of life, uh, uh, fate, and things like that. But I, um, so that, that piece was really about um, meeting and uh, finding these encounters. And my, uh, my life is uh, really about these encounters, you know, this, uh, in Japanese, we have this uh, phrase called Ichigo Ichie, so one in a lifetime I encounter, mm -hmm. and then that's what we live for. Um, like, you know, how we are sitting together here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that piece was really about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, it was wonderful. And so it was really interesting because what, you know, for me, someone who has never seen anything like this mm -hmm. and understands that thing, it was interesting. I was like, okay, I understand that she's drawing for each thing. And then you, it was so good that you gave the explanation of every song and what yeah. that was like oh now i get it oh, okay. <laughs> and it was yeah, great I'm glad. I'm and it was glad. great it was really cool and it was like oh and it and uh, my inspiration got really high oh, okay. yeah. so uh so i think it was really really great to to, uh -huh. to see that yeah um and i think it, you know it's it's a wonderful thing and it's a great way to introduce people to that art form and understand the importance of it and why it is an art form in mm -hmm. a lot of ways, right? It's not just writing letters down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's great. So, what are some of the, um, uh, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had in the, uh, with calligraphy? Like where you said you hit a wall at some point or yeah. whatever. What What were some of your hardest hardest moments? Ah, uh, hardest moments. Ah, uh, hardest moments is I guess uh, when I'm not satisfied with my work, but I just can't nail it. Yeah, and. Uh, I would try like days and days and days and then I just still can't nail it. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, uh, performance like that is, uh, you know, just I get a one shot, you know, right. to do a performance. But when I normally uh, create my own work to, you know, for uh, display purposes or to frame it, you know, um, then I will be, uh, I'm usually writing many, many, you know, uh, pieces of work. And so my floor will be filled with so many papers, uh, just so many pieces I've written. And then I put them all up on the wall and then look at it from the far right. and then uh, figure out which one is the best. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's an endless process. And when I just can't, you know, nail and then can't find a piece that I'm like, oh, yes, this is it. Then it's just like, Ah, oh, you know, I feel so endless. I need to take a break and then maybe take, you know, a couple of days of rest and then come back. And then right. when I come back with a fresh mind, sometimes I just like, just boom, this is it. Like in one, just one shot. Right. So, um, yeah, trying, I think uh, the challenge of calligraphy is to trying to get out of your head. Right. Because uh, when you start to think too much about it, you can be free. Right. And that's when uh, the characters you know your strokes don't flow mm -hmm. yeah you want to be flowing you want to be you know like a river right like a river is sure. never stopping like it's just always and it's the current that's always going so you want to be like that you want to be just like a river that's always flowing right. and then if it, if it stops then that you know that uh disrupt the whole, whole flow right um so i think uh try how to like get out of your head and then be free uh that means you have to overcome your fears right so that is definitely challenging uh everybody has fears i also have fears too but like how to overcome that fear and then just shake it all off and then be free don't think about it too much just just go for it right um you know getting to that point uh is always uh i guess one of the challenging um uh, moments as well. I, I, I agree. I think what's interesting is that, you know, the, the amount of time you go from blank piece of paper mm -hmm. to calligraphy is not much time. Yeah, not much time. <laughs> but yeah. if you don't get it right, you have to do it over again. You have to start with a new blank piece of paper. Yeah. You don't yeah. just keep working on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't, you know, there's no command Z. No, there's no command Z. You just yeah. like, yeah, you just gotta do the whole thing. Yeah, and it, yeah. But so, so that, that the idea of it, like, it's something that's very quick. Mm -hmm. But it takes practice and practice and practice yes. to do it. Yeah, do it practice, correctly. practice. Yeah, even for a performance like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, you know, starting from the whole conceptualization to like sketching out, you know, the the order of the songs and right. what character to write, and then I uh, explore like different forms of writing, uh, and the, the writing styles and things. Like that. There's a lot of thoughts and you know, uh, sketching out and practicing that went behind uh, that sure. the performance. But once I'm on the stage, I've got maybe like 10 seconds or maybe 15 seconds <laughs> of thinking and then like being immersed to it. But um, yeah, like I think 
people uh, told me today, uh, you know, just watching my performance yesterday and said like, oh, looks like you had, you every piece you uh, wrote, you had a kind of a reset moment. You finish uh, finish writing one and then moving on to the next, and you kind of, that was kind of a reset, and then you start fresh, and uh, so you were like kind of taking all in the music and things like that. So yeah, like I always when I write a piece, I think about the meaning of the character and thinking about the overall, you know, the flow, and I want that the flow, you know, the rhythm of writing the character, like from one, two, three four five i want that to be like in the same rhythm as the song i'm listening mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm kind of like a choreographing in my head at mm -hmm. the same time then like if i were uh, to be you know writing for example the second character uh run mm -hmm. the character run uh i need to be running like physically in my head and in my body in the music uh, also be is running so like i'm like you know, motivating and, yep. you know, yeah, myself to be in the place and then where it's like the height of that, the motion, I just boom, go to the paper. Right. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's an interesting process, but it's very physical, very um, uh, mental at the, at the same time, but it's a whole combination of, yeah, everything. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, let's talk about the, the the four elements you said, right? Oh yeah, the treasures. Uh, uh, or... the, the paper, yeah. the brushes, uh -huh. the ink, and the inkwell. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's start with the paper. Yeah. Let's talk. About what's 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 the paper made of? Yeah. Yeah. So paper. <laughs> yeah. Paper is uh, well, it's, uh um, it's called gasenshi mm -hmm. uh, in Japanese. So it's a, a made of pulp, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of. Uh, well, nowadays a lot of uh, calligraphy papers are machine made, but they are, uh, it's type of um, washi, the Japanese paper. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, it uses the natural fiber to uh, make. Mm -hmm. And there are also hand um, made papers as well, which uses a very traditional uh, approach, which is to have this big um, container with the, uh, how do you call it, like a sieve or a mesh mm -hmm. sort of, and you, uh, you know, put lay out all this uh, paper pulp and then I use water and, uh, and then press it down mm -hmm. and this whole uh, process. So yeah, the, the calligraphy paper is a certain type of uh, washi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's very, very delicate and thin. There are so many different uh, types of So paper. it's not a, you don't use a thicker paper like an art for, for, for like art projects, sometimes you use a thicker paper. It's very uh, thin, right? Yeah, the, the traditional calligraphy paper is pretty thin. Like it's not like a watercolor paper yeah, exactly. or like a, it's not like a cardboard thick. Right, yeah. yeah, it's very thin and delicate. So if you, you know, if you write, you can see the ink, you know, on the back of the, the yeah, paper. Right. Yeah. But um, this Japanese paper is really, really um, good with sumi ink because uh, it observes the mm -hmm. sumi ink. And then uh, if you use the sumi ink to write on Western paper, the Western, uh, on top of the Western paper, the ink just sits on it and then gets uh, the water from the ink evaporates and gets hardened. Right. Uh, so it, it becomes shiny on top. But uh, instead, the Japanese paper, the sumi ink and the paper merges together. Okay. So, um, so the ink is not just sitting on it, but it's in the paper. Right. Yeah. So using that, uh, that effect, there's a lot to uh, explore using the different types of sumi ink uh, as well. But there are, um, I think the, uh, the high, higher grade the paper is, the um, more ve velvety the surface of the paper becomes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. And so, uh, so the, the pa I didn't realize the paper, so the paper is completely untreated and that's how it absorbs everything, right? Yeah, Western yeah. has a, look, a, a film on it. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And what about uh, uh, what about the brushes? You had several kinds of brushes and different things. Yeah. What, what brush do you choose for what action you're doing? Ah, uh, yeah. So there. So for Japanese calligraphy brushes, there are there are so many different types of brushes. There's a uh, uh, the most common one is horsehair brush, mm -hmm. uh, which is hard and pretty coarse. Mm -hmm. uh, so which is suitable for uh, regular script, which is called kaisho. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the most uh, you know formal, conservative looking, uh, you know the most traditional form of uh, characters, mm -hmm. the, the writing style. 
and uh, there's a sheep hair and a monkey hair and a weasel and rabbit hair. Yep. Um, so there are all kinds of different animal hair that's used in, uh, uh, in the brushes. And the sheep hair is one of the highest, it's the most expensive type of uh, uh, brush. Okay. And uh, since it's very, very soft compared to the horsehair brush, mm -hmm. uh, it's much harder to uh, be able to use it. The control, uh, if you put... Uh, Depending on how much pressure you put to the to the brush, you can be you know you can write like really really thin uh, stroke to be like really really you know uh, thick right. strokes as well. So uh, it takes a lot of practice uh, to be able to use sheep hair brush. Like in my uh, in my experience, I um, I think I studied like about nine years before I was starting to use the sheep hair brush. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I want more, but I mean, these are more the small. These are smaller brushes. Yeah, these are smaller brushes. Um, yeah, smaller brushes. I mean, they're like a shakyo brush, which is like looks like a, um, the size of a normal pen, sort mm -hmm. of. Uh, to the medium size brush, which is uh, suitable for hanshi size uh, paper practice. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like an even bigger one for kakizome, and then bigger like a zenshi size paper. Uh, mm -hmm. Different sizes of uh, brushes, and the bigger brushes like. The ones I used for performance yesterday. They're big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are for more really large uh, pieces. Right. Um, and um, so the I had four brushes yesterday, and then um, two of them are brown horse hairs. Okay. And uh, uh, two of them were uh, white horse hair. Okay. Yeah. What was the, the one you walked out with that had very long... Yeah, that was the brown horse hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, when it's long like that, the strokes start to like break up more. So yeah, it they, creates they, more... Yeah, yeah. fringing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it creates a really uh, interesting uh, stroke mm -hmm. instead of just one bold stroke, you know. Right. So you will see more movement within the brush. And it also gives more like a light airy you know quality into the stroke right um so that's what i was aiming for depending on the meaning of the character like when i wanted more flow and more lightness in it like i i, I chose that uh, brush to right. use and then when i wanted like a little bit more boldness i would use that uh, more thicker uh, and shorter brush interesting yeah now are you left-handed or are you right-handed right-handed you're right-handed yeah. okay is yeah. there left-handed traditions in calligraphy yeah. Yeah, there are left-handed, <laughs> yeah, students as well. It, it might be a little bit more difficult because we always, uh, you know, the strokes always go from uh, left to right. Right. Yeah. So you'll be, you know, using the brush like this. So yeah. it's a little bit difficult. But yeah, there are left-handed. My wife yeah. is a, a left-handed person. So oh, okay. her calligraphy apparently was a little bit different than others because uh, of being left-handed. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So 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 that the, those little brushes, which are very interesting. Now, what about the ink? Explain how the ink is made. Yeah. So ink, uh, sumi ink is made of uh, uh, soot. Soot. Yeah. Yeah, and animal glue. Mm -hmm. uh, the traditionally, it's um, it's a very very traditional way of making this sumi ink. Is uh, so there are places like this in Nara Prefecture, which is the oldest capital in Japan, mm -hmm. uh, where you will walk into this room uh, where has um, many, 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 many candles burning in this small vessel. Mm -hmm. And it's got the little lid on top. Mm -hmm. And then they're burning vegetable oil. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so the lid on top is collecting soot from burning candles. Oh. Yeah. And then, so the, uh, a person goes in and then collecting the soot from the lid, like one by one into a bucket. Yeah. That's a, oh my God. Yeah, traditionally, yeah. So collecting <laughs> the soot. And you don't get much soot from one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll be burning candles days, you know, months, right, yeah. every day. And you'll be constantly collecting soot. And uh, you would mix it with nikawa, mm -hmm. uh, which is the animal glue. Mm -hmm. uh, so you would be making kind of like a, uh, it becomes like a paste. Like okay. a black paste, like a dough, mm -hmm. and then you'll be like knitting it, and then uh, at one point, like uh, uh, the, those uh, sumi making masters will be like, you know, stamping on uh, on top of the sumi ink. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then once it becomes this uh, really um, tight, you know, nicely knit uh, knit form, uh, they will uh, put inside of this uh, wooden um, uh, casing, mm -hmm. and then uh, dry it. Uh, and then it becomes this hard, uh, it's kokeizumi, so it's a hard uh, uh, sumi ink stick. Mm -hmm. And so when you make the sumi ink, you, uh, you will bring, this, uh, bring out your uh, inkwell, mm -hmm. and then you uh, 
put a drip of water uh, into the raised part of the uh, the inkwell, mm -hmm. and then you gently rub uh, the sumi right. uh, in the water to merge, and then you will be like maybe. And that's what makes it liquid. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then there are like already like a liquid form of sumi that's you know uh, in the bottle now so you know sold just like a bottled semink uh so for uh you know for students or for daily practice you you can just use the bottled semink right. and there are different um uh uh thickness like so uh like a less uh, condensed semink mm -hmm. which is more loose and it might bleed a little bit on the paper mm -hmm. uh to like highly you know very high condensed semink which is really good for um higher grade of uh calligraphy paper and, and it's more uh, uh, more hard but uh, you can uh, write really solid and beautiful uh, strokes yeah 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 it's okay that's very interesting so so I you know I do a lot of stuff in technology and I yeah. and I'll constantly have to think about innovation and things yeah. like that and you're dealing with a lot of tradition mm -hmm. and that's really kind of a wonderful thing too yeah do you feel that there is going to be there is innovation that happens in calligraphy and where do you think or or there is going to be more innovation in calligraphy innovation yeah. in calligraphy yeah well i mean like merging with the technology or or whatever i mean what yeah. you just did as a performance yeah. is an innovative evolvement yeah. of calligraphy right? yeah i think so yeah i mean i think um there are a lot of um young calligraphers in japan who are exploring like new ways of um uh, new ways of like using calligraphy as uh, artistic expression. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people who are, you know, doing calligraphy performances. Um, but um, yeah, I think one of the, well, there is even a machine, um, machine uh, rubbing the sumi ink for you. Mm -hmm. They sell it in the calligraphy store. So like, you know, you, your hands get tired of rubbing sumi ink. Right. There's some technology into, you know, sumi making. Sure. <laughs> yeah, there, you know, this robot can make sumi ink for you. I mean, I don't, I don't have it myself, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, a lot of, um, well, some experiments I've done before was uh, to collaborate with VR. Uh, so using, you know, um, like a three-dimensional, you know, the v in a VR, um, yeah, yeah, environment, like writing uh, char characters, writing characters in freehand, in yeah, VR, yeah, yeah. But you know, that's a little bit different because the um, the how do you say the the style of the stroke, the pen or whatever you use mm -hmm. is already created so it's not like it's coming from the natural like the actual brush to create and the entity. fibers don't separate yeah they're, yeah. they're just set yeah, right. yeah yeah so it's a little bit different uh, experience but right. um yeah there are uh, a lot of um i think experimentations that are uh, done um and there are uh, uh people uh, in japan who uh, collaborated with like a team lab for example uh in uh, based in well, in Japan, they collaborated with this uh, calligrapher um, to make uh, um, projected, uh, you know, uh, uh, how do you call it? The installation where the words are like, you know, moving around in the air. And then when the visitor touch the character, uh, some animation happens from the, the character you touch, like to uh, symbolize the meaning of the character. Uh -huh. Like, for example, uh, the visitor will touch you know, the uh, the projection of the character rain, then the, there's animation of rain coming out and things like that. So more like to experience calligraphy uh, yeah. or the letters, you know, as an immersive uh, experience. I've done something like that as well myself to collaborate with um, uh, immersive, you know, installations. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you do you still live in the Bay Area? Uh, no, I, now I'm based in uh, Venice Beach in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. I live in, in, in Burbank, so it's... Not oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's interesting. Yes, I'm just wondering, because, you know, obviously, well, Venice is actually now the Silicon Beach now, right? So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm wondering, with uh, with technology and thinking about what, how traditional what you do and sort mm -hmm. of bringing that in with technology, it would be interesting to see what, what uh, the VR thing, of course, would make sense, but mm. things, things of that nature sort of, allowing people to educate themselves more in some of these some yeah. of the art form. Yeah, I think maybe more people who never, you know, was interested in Japanese calligraphy uh, or never really knew about Japanese calligraphy right. might be more interested in learning about calligraphy. Sure. Um, yeah, so I think, it, you know, um, lowering the, the bar, right. you know, yeah. Make it more accessible to people. Well, I think having a, the Don system makes sense, you know, like because my kids did uh, Kyokushin Karate. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, and their sensei was very, very much, you know, yeah. they, he did a lot of things with Japanese culture. He's an American, but did a lot of things with Japanese culture. He had, he had bonsai classes for Kipa, oh, you know, and, yeah. he, and so he did a lot of things that was, you know, he took the katas very seriously. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, that the act of doing and repeating and repeating and repeating mm -hmm. and repeating, yeah. uh, it's it's a good thing when you get it right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, I think there is definitely uh, you know um, a lot to learn from sure. the form that's already made, right. uh, and then after you have to master, you know, understand and master the the foundation, the the pre uh, the existing form first to be able to really you know be creative about it to be innovative about it right uh, you know break break down some you know existing uh these forms uh, so yeah and then you can learn so much about the the language history and things like that just learning calligraphy it's just always fascinating i mean for me too like when i just look at the japanese calligraphy uh, um, uh dictionary mm -hmm. uh you can like look at the history of uh, letters, how it evolved from the pictogram looking almost like a sim, you know, symbols, uh, into that character we use now. Right. Uh, it's like so much more complex, but you know, uh, like thousands and thousands of years ago, it was just like you know, circle with dot inside, right, or something, you know, like um, or the moon, for example, the character of the moon was like this crescent shape, uh, crescent moon shape with the dot inside. Okay. That was the uh, symbol of the moon. Uh, back in the day, like thousands of years ago, and then now it becomes uh, became this character of Tsuki, the moon. Okay. So uh, you can like kind of uh, looking at the old form of character, you can tell how people lived and perceive the nature. Right. Yeah, and then you realize, oh, okay, I'm just one dot in this long history. Right. Yeah, that realization. I'm here because of these people who lived before me. Right. Yeah, and getting that perspective. And you could be part of the next evolution. Of yeah, that yeah, that's why, yeah, <laughs> I feel like what I'm doing now, uh, you know, I need to pass it on to the next generation. Right. Yeah, so that's why uh, I believe in what I do. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's now, where, where can people follow some of your work? Do you have, uh, yeah. do you have places to go so, so people can check it out? Yeah, I have a website, aoiyamaguchi.com, and yeah. then my Instagram handle is aoi underscore gm. Uh -huh. Same for Twitter. Uh, I also have Facebook, aoiyamaguchi calligraphy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can find me there. Perfect. Well, we'll put all of those links into the podcast notes, so they'll be great. Okay, lovely. Uh, this is great. Well, this is an amazing conversation. I learned so much from you. It's always great to come to THU. You always meet some incredible people. And Andre yeah. was, was amazing that he brought you here. So thank oh, you so yes. much for coming. Yeah, thank you so much.